MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99? Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know MyPillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all MyPillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of My Towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Trump. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. Yesterday on my WABC radio show, we did a special show dedicated to the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President John Fitzgerald Kennedy on the streets of Dallas on November 22nd, 1963. If you miss this show, but you want to hear it, you can go to stonezone.com where we have just posted it. Shocking new information that yet again debunks the Warren Commission conclusion uh, that Lee Harvey Oswald murdered President John F. Kennedy and that he acted alone. When you go to stonezone.com, I urge you to subscribe. It is absolutely free. Uh, And while you are there, you might want to go to the shop where you can get a copy of my New York Times best-selling book, uh, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Six publishers told me this book uh, would have no commercial appeal. You can either get it at stonezone.com or you can go to the man who killed Kennedy.com. The man who killed Kennedy.com. Uh, either way, you get a signed copy 
you could go to Amazon and buy it, but then you'd be giving your money to a multinational corporation that actually hates your guts. Uh, you might want to check out the recording of our WABC radio show yesterday. Some say it was the best show we've ever done. Uh, as a talk show radio host, I'm still learning my way, but you can tune in to The Roger Stone Show every Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time simply by logging on at wabcradio.com. In 1973, uh, Israel was caught by surprise. A failure by their intelligence agencies failed to predict a lightning attack by Syria and the Egyptians, uh, and the Israelis uh, quickly found themselves with their backs against the sea and running extraordinarily low on ammunition. Uh, the uh, leader of Israel, Golda Meir, put out an emergency appeal to the United States specifically to President Richard Nixon. Uh, Nixon, over the objections of Dr. Henry Kissinger, over the objections of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Admiral Thomas Moore, over the objections of the State Department headed by William Rogers, over the objections of his entire foreign policy apparatus, uh, ordered the airlifting of $36 million in lethal aid to the Israelis uh, and Israel was saved. It may be one of the finest hours in Nixon's presidency, but we did not experience what we see in America today, a shocking rise uh, in mindless anti-Semitism uh, and derision for our loyal ally, the state of Israel. Now, as I've said on this show, um, I'm a supporter of Israel, but I'm also for America first. We have shipped billions to Ukraine. We still ship billions each year to Israel. I want to make sure Israel has everything they need to defend themselves. But I also want to recognize the dire financial situation this nation is in, where we are $30 trillion in debt. When they send these multi-million dollar appropriations to Ukraine, I wonder, like, what budget item does that come under? In other words, do they just print it and send it off? Is it just printing press money? Uh, and I must say that I'm shocked uh, at the uh, change in the National Democratic Party and the pro-Palestinian, uh, pro-terrorist movement here in the United States. To help me break these issues down and others, an old friend, Fred Menachem was a longtime political commentator with I-24 News. He also was with Gray Zone Radio, which uh, was the Wall Street Business Network, a Bloomberg affiliate. That was 8.80 a.m. in Miami. After many years uh, as a Democrat who was closely associated with Senator Ted Kennedy uh, and the Clintons, <laughs> our friend later became a Republican and has only recently decided that he will vote for Donald Trump. Uh, I respect Fred's opinion on all matters political, particularly pertaining to the Middle East, and Fred Menachem joins us now. Hi, Roger. There hey, he is. How are you? Excellent. Good to see you, man. Listen, you're killing me a bit on that Ted Kennedy thing. I was 10 years old. So let, uh, when, I, when I was hanging out with Ted Kennedy, but I will tell you, he told me a lot of stories. And the one story that I'll never forget was that he said, he told me a lot of things. I was 10, but he told me that Rose was so cheap 
Now imagine this, right? Rose Kennedy, the matriarch of the family, that she was so cheap that every time he came down to the Palm Beach County, you know, to Palm Beach County, to the mansion, to Palm Beach, that he would go to the grocery store, maybe it was Publix, and he would buy like 20, remember those Tropicana cartons, Roger? I wonder if they still have those. Right, he would buy like 20 of them and put them in the freezer because she was too cheap to buy them. I don't know, it was always one of my favorite stories. Well, President uh, Nixon, who knew all three Kennedy brothers, said that Ted Kennedy was the greatest politician of the three, uh, had the warmest personality. Uh, He He, said uh, JFK, while he said was very charismatic, was kind of more of a private person. Uh, And of course, Robert F. Kennedy was painfully shy, never expected to be running for public office. Uh, He was his brother's campaign manager, his brother's top political advisor, his brother's uh, attorney general, uh, but uh, Nixon always insisted Teddy was uh, was uh, was uh, the most jovial, uh, the most uh, socially uh, adept, a uh, man who really loved people and got strength from people. Uh, I have huge respect for uh, Ted Kennedy. Our politics do- don't agree, but I still think he was a patriot uh, who wanted uh, the best for his country. So. Uh, what I see going on in the country today, Fred, like you, is extraordinarily disturbing. I mean, I'm a supporter of Israel, uh, and uh, you wake up one day and you find radical uh, Islamists seem to have taken a solid hold uh, in the Democratic <laughs> Party uh, of Harry Truman, uh, of, the, of the party uh, that is a major role in the founding of Israel. What's going on? in the modern Democratic Party? Well, that's a great question. And that's one of the reasons why I am no longer, you know, as a lifelong Democrat. Now, understand, Roger, and I think, you know, we know each other a bit and, you know, both live in Florida. And, you know, I was, I mean, I was engaged. I was a delegate on the floor at 19 years old, you know, when Clinton was running for president. I, I was a hardcore Democrat, but the values that I stood for really are not part of the Democratic Party anymore, right? I mean, you know, they've, they've vanished. And what's happened is that the moderate voices of the party have been hijacked and, and look, they're, they're disappearing by a far left. And, and, and I'm not one to, to like throw these labels around very easily, but it's 100% a Marxist-Leninist ideology. Nobody can deny that. It's us versus them, the powerless versus the powerful. And it's this nuance. It's almost this as if no nuances uh, exist, right? It's it's this line, even what we do with race in America, black versus white. You know, the world is nuanced. And we are in a situation now where I believe that the far left is the most dangerous thing to impact this country uh, in politics. Far none further than any other fringe, fringe right, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and, and they are the most dangerous for our nation. That's what I believe. What's really shocking me uh, is the surge of anti-Semitism, the surge of uh, pro-Hamas terrorists, the the surge of uh, pro-Iranian opinion on the American campuses. This this is shocking. We've had a situation in New York City, I'm sure, where you saw where students demanded that a Jewish teacher be fired because she had the audacity to support Israel. This is this is insanity to me. This is complete insanity. Uh, and it, it seems like we just woke up and it was there. I mean, look at the footage of these people storming Grand Central Station. Uh, it, it's it's shocking. 
why do you think we have this surge in anti-Semitism in America today? Well, look, Roger, first of all, I think it's always been on the surface. I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, anti-Semitism and, and you're, you're a, uh, you know, you, you of all people are a studier of history. You know, anti-Semitism has been around for, you know, as long as the history of civilization or, or as long as the history of civilization for thousands of years. And, you know, it, it's always it doesn't shock me. And, you know, like I said, it's always been out there. But, but the, what's happening now is that think about it, Roger. You know, I grew up with with like the fringe right. I'm talking about the white supremacists, the KKK. Like you knew where they stood. They, they believe it or not, they didn't scare me as much as the far left. And and I'll tell you what's happening. Look, the far left has normalized it. And like I said, it, it's this it's this Leninist Marxist ideology that is basically us versus them. So what's happened here is that Jews who and as you know, and, and I think most folks know, who, you know, I can tell you from personal experience, you know, we've gone through significant discrimination over over the years in this country and we fought through it. Right. And we we uh, you know, we had no choice but to have our own you know, law firms and our own you know, professional firms because we weren't accepted. But we fought hard. Right. We didn't allow us to knock us down. And so we have been successful in this country. That doesn't mean that the discrimination doesn't exist. But the far left has all of a sudden taken Jews who, by the way, and Roger, I think you know this, fought with civil rights movement. Martin Luther King, Jews were, were tight as can be. And they've taken us and they've made us from, from folks that have been fighting right with those communities and me personally as well, to being the, be the ones who are the powerful, right, who are, who are the ones with white privilege. So all of a sudden we went from those who, who uh, you know, were part of, of fighting for those rights to being literally the oppressors. And that's the narrative. And, you know, let me let me stop and let you ask me some more questions. But I can get into this all day. And it, it's a scary narrative. And what I'll, the last thing I'll say about this is that the far left has normalized anti-Semitism and they've made it OK. And that is the scariest part of this entire situation. Well, Fred, it's been a long time since I've uh, done an interview with you. But our style here at the Stone Zone is I like to let my guests talk. Uh, people want to hear me talk. They can go to the radio show. But I like to hear <laughs> Talk, uh, and uh, I obviously have a very high regard for many, many years uh, for your political opinions because, well, you're a guy who has been around. Uh, let me ask you this: uh, What surprises me uh, is that the October seventh attack on Israel, which is shocking, which is vicious, uh, which is a bloody, uh, which is really deeply troubling. Uh, comes to Israel, appears to come to Israel as a surprise. Now, Israel's Mossad, their intelligence agency, is uh, the most vaunted, the most respected, uh, among the most respected in the world. There are also some media reports that say the Egyptians had some early notice of this Hamas attack. Uh, you have to wonder what was going on with our own CIA. Uh, they're supposed to know this. How did this happen uh, without without not without anybody anticipating it well i i think that you know from what i understand that the egyptians did warn israel and i'll tell you if you understand i don't know how much you were following i think you were roger what was happening internally in israel so you know westerners love to to look at right the middle east and put like you know that we love to put our western right democratic philosophy on every country and shove it down their throats and, and 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 that's the part of the problem we're not understanding what's going on now in in the arab world uh strength is the only thing that's respected now any weakness is a vulnerability we always say the right brings uh 
peace and the left brings war. And that, that is a very foreign concept for a lot of people. But, you know, what happened was that there was an internal uh, battle within Israel about this judicial reform. Without getting into that whole issue, there has been significant uh, protests, uh, by the way, which shows what a democracy Israel is, because there is, I don't know, any country in the world where people, hundreds of thousands of people are protesting for months on end every few days, which actually says a lot. But there have been a lot of protests fighting about this judicial reform. And 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 and, and again, without getting to the nuances, of all of that, but it's been very complicated. And, you know, what happens, Roger, is when there's internal strife, you know, in any situation, but especially in the Middle East, that's weakness, right? And so your enemy sees an opportunity. You're looking, everybody's looking one way. And I think, look, you know, Israel, I think some of the folks in the government got a little bit arrogant. Understand, Roger, that they, look, it's not like they don't see this going on, right? Israel's aware, you know, when you look in Gaza and, and, and of course, even in the West Bank, you see Hamas, you know, doing these exercises and, and, and you know, practicing to kill Jews and all of that. That's not, that's not a secret. What happened was that Hamas fooled them. And from what I understand is that Hamas the entire last year or so was was negotiating to to bring more Palestinian workers into Israel. And that was happening. Right. Uh, and they were you know, they were playing as if they were, you know, they were chill and, and they wanted everything to go smoothly. And they wanted folks, you know, to, to have economic uh, economic uh, uh, opportunity, you know, Palestinians. And 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 while this was going on, I think the Egyptians did warn Israel, from what I understand. And I think there was a lot of arrogance and it's hard to believe that the best intelligence service in the world or one of them was able to be fooled like this. But Roger, that's the reality and arrogance and weakness bring, you know, situations like this. And I will say a lot of people when this happened and I knew that was going to shift away from Israel and, and the Jewish people's, uh, you know, we would have sympathy for a minute and that would go away. But a lot of people are shocked. They're like, wow, how, how could this happen? Oh my God. You know, as a Jew, I'm not, there was literally, I was not shocked at all that this happened. My shock was with the Israeli government and, and you know, and, and what was happening there. And I will say this, by the way, Roger, we can get into this in a moment. I am a moderate guy, but like I said, I was a Democrat, but I'm a moderate guy. But I'm also seeing the, seeing what's happening in this country when it comes to, not this country, every country, when it comes to, to, to the voices of division, right? And so... At the end of the day, there are forces in Israel uh, that are, that are very. I'm talking about the fringe right that, frankly, Bibi doesn't even like, but he had no choice, right, to negotiate with them to build a coalition that are causing more problems and giving Israelis the wrong, giving folks around the world the wrong impression of Jewish people and Israelis. And I think that also has been had an impact. But at the end of the day, anti-Semites are anti-Semites. Hamas has no interest in in a Palestinian state. They care about killing Jews, and that's the one thing that that it seems like a lot of these folks, especially on the far left, they just can't seem to grasp. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. And Jews in this country are in very dangerous situation. And uh, you know, we can get more into that as well. You you make an excellent point. Uh, unlike say the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, where potentially you could have a negotiated settlement. Uh, we now know that the U.S. Uh, State Department scuttled multiple uh, early potential settlements. Uh, they wanted war, which is a great tragedy. Glenn Greenwald has done some excellent 
reporting on this just in recent days. You cannot negotiate with people who just want to kill Jews and are willing to die doing it. They don't want peace. They're not interested in peace. They're not interested in the Palestinian state. Uh, they're interested in jihad. Uh, how do you deal with people like that? And then secondarily, uh, uh, more disturbing to me is the fact that the current administration seems to be playing a double game. Uh, on the one hand, we're supporting Israel, although we're hampering their efforts to defend themselves by trying to dictate to them the time, the weapons, the strategy, the timing, the area. At the same time, we're essentially financing terrorism through Iran. Does anyone in their right mind think that when you unfreezed $6 billion worth of assets and you gave it to Iran, that, that money was not going to be used, or at least well, that would not free up money because money's fungible, to finance these Hamas attacks on Israel? Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't believe the $100 million we're trying to send to Gaza is going to be used for humanitarian purposes. <laughs> and now, and now okay. Biden, Biden right. wants to send $100 billion more. Fred, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Fred Menachem, a sage and wise political commentator, with more discussion of what's going on in the Middle East and in America. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98, or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99, or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last.
My towels solved the problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Welcome back. I'm Roger Stone, and this is, of course, The Stone Zone. We're here with Fred Menachem, a longtime political observer uh, and uh, political commentator and analyst, uh, formerly with uh, I-24 News and Gray Zone Radio. Uh, I, among others, Fred, I'm glad to see you're returned uh, to the public because uh, I always had enormous respect for your uh, political and geopolitical opinions. I know you've been very active in the area of cybersecurity, uh, which you think is particularly important, and I agree, uh, in this atmosphere of rising anti-Semitism. Tell me uh, what you're up to. Oh, hold on, we lost your sound here. Unmute himself. Unmute yourself. Oh wow! Well, that you know that that muting thing always always has an impact on that. Sorry about that. Start, start uh, that's muting. what happens. With this. That's oh, you okay. Look, Go ahead. You What's look that? great. You look I'll, great. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Although my head looks a little big, but you know, it's uh, I guess this is my entree back into the public eye with with Roger Stone, and it's pretty exciting actually, but. I am, you know, I am happy to be back. I did take a bit of a sabbatical. I went to Israel some years ago, and after I finished up with the radio show, and I was working with I-24 News, as you mentioned, and then somehow or other, and I guess, you know, because of a lot of my, my advocacy work over the years and in politics and government, I had a lot of relationships uh, in the U.S. and Israel, and I ended up working in cybersecurity, which was an entirely new field to me. So I have learned so much over the years, and we... Basically, I work for a company called Thrive DX. Again, that's Thrive DX, and we train. We've become one of, one of the largest uh, uh, trainers in in cybersecurity, where we we train folks and we put them into careers. Because, as you know, uh, Roger, the world has changed. We love to do this one size fits all, right? Where everybody has to get a four year degree, and 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 we know now that that's not necessarily the right thing for everybody. And you know, cybersecurity, uh, we're in a desperate need in this country and globally, you know, I don't know if you know this, we're looking at over 700 or almost 700,000 unfilled cybersecurity positions. So we are now uh, working with, with the ONCD, you know, the Office of the Cyber Directorate, with, with uh, you know, we're part of the rollout of the National Cybersecurity Plan. But that being said, I am actually going to be rolling out, and I wish that I was, it's going to be a few more days, but I, I decided recently that with everything going on in Israel that, I wanted to roll something out. You know, you see a lot of people look, Roger, we all have different opinions, right? You you spoke about, you know, your opinions about aid, which I'm happy to get into that conversation. But at the end of the day, 
I know every one of us, well, every one of us, but the folks that are in my circle and my larger circle all, you know, want to do something because this is about the Jewish community and about Israel and about our alliance. And so, you know, being in cybersecurity, I realized, you know, there is a lot of, of, of uh, focus now on the physical uh, 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 safety of not only the Jewish community, but other, you know, religious institutions and, and you know, not-for-profit world, but, but really at the end of the day, the I don't know if you guys know this or, or the listeners know this, and, but or the viewers, that, you know, the majority of the hate crimes, religious hate crimes in this nation have for years and years been against the Jewish community, who makes up 0.2% of the world population and, and about 2% of the U.S. population and over 60% of religious hate crimes are directed at at the Jewish community, which is a bit, you know, scary. And and that being said, so we're so focused on the physical security. There's money out there, right? The ONCD, you have grants, but there's one thing, Roger, that that folks are are not paying attention to as much, and they're starting to. It's that Jewish community is in dire straits because of cyber attacks. And when I say that. And I don't know how much you want me to get into that. We could move forward in a second and I'll just try to be as brief as possible. But cyber attacks, you know, they're, they're predicting that Iran is going to start hacking into Jewish institutions and organizations. So let me just lay it out briefly. Uh, number one, you can have a foreign actor like Iran, especially right. Uh, hack into a Jewish institution organization. Maybe they're funding right terrorism. Maybe they're funding a terrorist attack. We That wouldn't be so crazy, Roger. What if we saw it in Argentina? Uh, so, they're funding a terrorist attack. Think about this. In the old days, you had to have human capital, right? Somebody would walk in, right? They would stay. They would, you know, they would get them. They would, they would learn about it. But, but now you have cyber. Uh, you know, somebody could hack your camera, Roger, while we're sitting here, both of us. They can hack the microphone. They can figure out what's going on in the infrastructure. So, uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that can happen. But but let me take a pause, and I'm sure you have other questions for me. Uh, no, I think you raise a, a very, very important point. One of the most shocking pieces of news I saw this weekend uh, was the attack on the home of the executive who is the head of APAC uh, in, in Los Angeles. I mean, uh, this in the United States of America, this is just very, very hard to swallow. On the other hand, when you have an open border policy, which is what we have, Carrie Lake told me the other day that there are uh, over uh, 800 gates that are welded open on the Arizona-Mexico border. Welded open, theoretically, because there are some rare species of antelope that they want to be able to go back and forth. We are letting, we've let 10 million people into this country, and we don't know who they are. That some of them are, are pro-Hamas terrorists, there can be no doubt about that. There can be no doubt about any number of the vicious criminals that we've let in the country. And therefore, the thing I pray about the most, the thing I fear the most, uh, is a terrorist attack on American interests on American soil. I hate to say it, but I think it is only a matter of time. And the fact that they could make this attack on the head of APAC on his home demonstrates that they have no issues uh, in terms of access. Uh, I think it's uh, one of the most shocking aspects uh, of all of this. You raised the question, I want to go back to it because it's one I wrestle with. We have a $30 trillion deficit. Uh, Israel yeah. has a $3 billion surplus. 
we do have regular appropriations to support the only democracy uh, in the region, Israel, uh, with whom I think we do have a special bond. How would you deal with the issue of more U.S. tax money for Israel? Well, you know, look, it's an excellent question. And I think you ask it for different reasons than these idiots on the, the far left are asking it because they just, you know, hate Jews and they want to condition aid to prove a point. So I hear you and I think, look, this is an important conversation and I would never shy away from it. I do think that the idea of aid to Israel is misunderstood by a lot of folks. Misunderstood in the sense that it's not, first of all, let me let me start with that and then I'm going to get to another point. But, but you know, the way aid works, and, and Roger, you may understand this, is that the majority of the money goes right back to the United States in many senses. So I don't know if you if you know this and, and, and the viewers do, but but everything that's manufactured. So, for example, if weapons have to, you know, if weapons are being used, uh, money to be manufactured, it has to go through American contractors. That's the law. So so the, the U.S. economy, it's almost like the money's going through and then coming back and being pumped back into the U.S. economy. And I'm not saying, and I'm not sure if, if folks really understand that. Uh, number two, I'm not, you know, I, I want to be careful having a, a debate here about how much aid and specifics, because I don't think I'm an expert to, you know, to go through every dollar and dime. But I do think that, look, uh, let me talk for a moment, if that's okay, about what people misunderstand, because they think it's welfare, right? This isn't welfare. You know, number one, you know, Israel has proven itself. Look, from 1948, a lot of the world thought, hey, Israel's not going to make it, right? The Arab armies. But but after 1967, you know, the perception changed, right? And this, and Roger, I'm sure you, you know, of course you know this, you know, the strong American alliance was built. Uh, you know, Israel became a reliable partner in many ways uh, because of their offering various contributions. So, and, and, and I want to just brief, be brief here, but I think it's important. Because we hear these these simple arguments in the press, right? These people screaming, no more aid, this and that. And if we're going to have a conversation about aid, let's have it. Not you and I, but the country. Let's have it with the facts, right? Let's have it with the understanding of what this aid really is. And uh, if that's okay, can I continue? Or do you want to? Please. Okay. Uh, I, okay. I'll, I'll, we need to go to break, and then we'll always pick it All up right, on that. Go ahead, please. Listen. I, I just can monopolize the conversation, you know, so just let me know. And I'm happy to do it, by the way. Don't get me wrong. But uh, but all joking aside, so, look, you know, Israel has done – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the U.S. has done a lot. Of course, I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm an American. I'm also an Israeli citizen. By the way. You know, that, and that came later. But Israel has also – you know, this has been a partnership. So a lot of things have happened. So in, in, in 67, uh, during the war – you know, uh, Israel prevented a setback for the U.S. by, you know, stopping pro-Soviet Egyptian military from toppling, you know, pro-U.S. Uh, oil regimes at that time. And imagine, and that was a huge economic boom for the U.S. Without that, that would have been a big problem. Uh, you know, during the Six-Day War, they captured Soviet. I'm sorry, I know a lot about this. Unfortunately, too much. They they captured Soviet military systems. You know, shared by Israel. You know, that upgraded the performance of U.S. armed forces and defense industries. You know, believe it or not, this is something that, that a lot of folks would be surprised by. And over the years, Israel shared valuable intelligence with the U.S. that's exceeded the intelligence shared by every single NATO country combined. Uh, you know, Israel acquired Soviet combat planes through defective pilots from Iraq and Syria, which were then shared with the U.S., enhancing 
U.S. Air Force, aerospace industries. You know, I could go on and go on. I'll give you a couple more. But, you know, they prevented an invasion of, of Jordan, which is a U.S. ally, but it's deterring, you know, in the 70s. I'm sure you remember this. We're old enough to remember, unfortunately, uh, pro-Soviet Syrian forces in 70, which, you know, spared America from losing an Arab ally. We, you know, Israel shares counterterrorism lessons with the U.S. You know, the and, and Roger, I think a lot of people know about this, maybe not. Uh, you know, Israel destroyed Iraq's nuclear reactor in 1981, saved the U.S. from potential. You know, I could go on and on. I mean, I, I don't want to keep going here. I could list it. And my point being is, is you know, and I will say, you know, uh, the destruction, you know, Israel destroyed the Syrian, North Korea, Iran nuclear reactor in 07. But my point is, is, is this isn't I'm not trying to debate you on, hey, we, we shouldn't look at this aid and, and really, you know, see what, you know, Israel could do with or without, because I do think that. Look, I think some of that aid is, is part of just the alliance, right? Keeping that alliance together and developing, you know, we develop intelligence together, as you know, we, you know, we've developed the Iron Dome together and all those things. And, and so my point is, is that this is a mutually beneficial relationship. And I think that's important. You know, that being said, I think the economy is in, 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 in shambles. I think it's shambles. I mean, let me, the, the, the deficit, it is as outrageous. Uh, I was a guy that, like I said, I was a Democrat my whole life, but the Democrat that I was was a responsible Democrat, right? You know, guys like us. I'm no longer. I'm not registered, you know, Democrat. But but you know, even Clinton, you know, like him or not, he did. You know, he did. He did the deficit. You know, he took it to zero. There was a surplus at the time. Uh, so I'm not. We we can't. Government is not the answer to all of our problems. You know that that is a fallacy. And 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 the problem is is that because of what we talked about, the far left and this Marxist-Leninist ideology, somehow these people think the government owes them something, right? Like like these handouts and, and like, you, you know, and, and that's that's a concern. And don't get me wrong. You know, we could talk about corporations and how, how capitalism has not, is not, has, has changed for the bad in many ways, but government's responsibility isn't to, to serve everybody and everything. We have responsibility as human beings, right? People, this charitable organization. We're living in this fantasy land where government's becoming like the like, like the answer to everybody's problem. Let's be frank; it's not. It's becoming a big problem. So, we had a great question yesterday uh, on my WABC radio. Let me see if I can recapture it. it was a genera- uh, Generation Z voter uh, who called in to say that many many Gen Z voters uh, are turning against uh, Joe Biden. Uh, because uh, he is uh, not uh, pro-Palestinian, uh, because he is not uh, pro-Iranian, because he is not pro-Hamas. <laughs> and uh, if you look at any of these recent polls, uh, the New York Times, the Siena College poll, the the Bloomberg Morning Consult poll, the recent NBC poll, uh, you do see a precipitous drop uh, by Biden among younger voters. You see a disproportionate number of them moving, by the way, to undecided. You see some of them moving to Trump. Clearly, somebody uh, in the Biden camp recognizes this as an issue. Uh, I think it is partially responsible for the the limitations uh, that this administration is putting on Israel, telling them how and when they can defend themselves, which I find offensive really offensive. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that uh, we got some hostages out. Uh, initially, I read news reports that said there were no Americans. Now I've read there was one American, a child. Yeah. I'm happy for that, obviously. Uh, that is, uh, that's God's good news. 
but I'd like to see everybody out, including all of the Americans. Here's my question. Where do these younger voters end up going? If Joe Biden does not trim his sails to make the, these pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian uh, voters happy, in my view, they could end up uh, with Professor Cornell West. I'm shocked by the way the Black Lives Matter and the pro-Palestinian movements seem to have become one. They have become one. It's shocking. What, what do you think? Oh, wow. You just threw a lot at me, Roger. But let me see if I can keep some order here. I mean, first of all, what do I think? My God, I think that, huh, well, you know, I, I think, and, and, and just to be clear, this is exactly why the Democratic Party is in such fiasco and why it's going being hijacked by the far left. Look, I don't want to get into all debate on Joe Biden. I mean, I have my own opinions on, on what needs to happen in this country. I don't know if I have the answer consultant, but but look, the Democratic Party, the, the the folks like us, the moderates, they're they're disappearing, right? They're gone. They're older, right? They're the ends of you know they're older than both of us, and so they're going in. And so you have no choice. The narrative has been look when Arafat started this Arafat a long time ago, and I'm not going to get into the whole dynamics of ideological subversion. We both understand that, but it might be a little bit too heavy for this show. But 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 they managed to create this. By the way, this, and I'm sorry idiotic narrative excuse me that's right because these people are being used as useful idiots i'm sorry that's what they're being used as this is an idiotic narrative that has been passed down to make people believe that there's some kind of like like white versus brown or, or you know some kind of israelis are the white people and 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 uh and palestinians are the brown people and that israelis came from europe jews and they have no claim like it's craziness they've managed to do that now and, and i'll tell you something it took me it took me a long time to come to terms with, and I still don't want to believe that the entire Afro-American community feels the way that Black Lives Matter movement does, because it would be very hurtful to me. I mean, I have my friends that I grew up with in Miami. They certainly, my African-American friends, they look at it like it's insane. You know, we talk about it, but I will tell you that there's this narrative. Look, you saw what Kanye West did. You saw all that stuff going on. You know, look, it wasn't Kanye West. That was the bigger narrative. Kanye West has his mental health issues, and I feel sorry for him. I really do. But that, that narrative... That the Jews are trying to write to to uh, to uh, uh, you know they were like the slave owners, right? We're trying to repress these people has has all been merged into the Palestinian movement. And you know the crazy thing, Roger, is that have you seen this thing queers for Palestine? And and I mean it, it's it's completely insane. These are people that Hamas would throw off the roof and chop their heads off in front of. Everybody screaming, Akbar, you know, screaming. It's insanity. These people don't even know. And I will tell you something. I have Palestinian friends and we talk privately, you know, and it's clearly, look, I understand their pain. I'm not, we can, that's a whole nother conversation. But, but, and they're even like, what the hell? These people don't represent me. Years for Palestine. What? And, and Hamas doesn't care about these people. These people are useful idiots who are a joke. And they're laughing all the way to the bank, like laughing with a bunch of clowns that once they're done with Israel, guess who's next? America's next. And so that's the reality. Uh, you know, true. I've seen these people carrying banners, queens, uh, queers for Palestine. This is like kicking KFC. I mean, this makes no sense whatsoever. You're right. They would be thrown off the top of buildings. They would be beheaded. There is no tolerance for the LGBT 
QRS, whatever the latest uh, community is uh, within Islam. It is unpermissible. Uh, it is punished by death. Uh, yet here in this country, you don't see any recognition uh, of that. Uh, I, just this this small band of anti-Semites in the U.S. House, all of whom happen to be Democrats, uh, that they coddle when they should be expelled. Uh, it, it's it, it really is in many ways uh, beyond belief. We're going to go to a break here in a minute. Uh, but we are with uh, my longtime friend, Fred Menachem, who is a very, very wise analyst of both politics in the Middle Eastern region and here in the United States. You're on the Stone Zone with Roger Stone and Fred Menachem, and we will be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried My Coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about My Patriot Cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. 
Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. Uh, that's right, folks. This makes a great holiday gift, whether you're a regular cigar smoker or a uh, habitual uh, or occasional cigar smoker. These are very high quality, premium, long leaf Nicaraguan uh, tobacco cigars uh, in multiple shapes and blends, one for every palate. And now, actually, with promo code STONE, you get a special holiday 25% off. So please go to mypillowcigars.com. Uh, Fred, uh, now that we're reconnected, I'm delighted. Uh, hopefully we can have a cigar together soon. It's great to have you uh, back on the show. Uh, let's. Uh, and when you're ready to roll out your cyber security yeah. program, you have an open invitation here at the Stone Zone. I want you to know that. Thank you so much, man. I, I got to tell you something. I'm looking at those cigars. They look pretty good. You're here. You're by me, right? You're still in Florida, right? Yes, I, I'm uh, in an undisclosed location in uh, South well, Florida. Well, that's fine. No, that's okay. I'm pretty good at finding people, though, like you. You know, I'm a, I am I am a very good political operative. I don't know if people remember that. Yeah, so so watch out. But don't, don't worry. I respect uh, I respect privacy, though I will. Maybe we should go to Ollie's Point and smoke a cigar. What do you think, man? <laughs> yeah, a, I, was a big, I don't know if you know this, Roger. Although as a Democrat, see, this might define who I am. Ronald Reagan was always my favorite president. Bar none. I freaking love Reagan. My... <laughs> Reagan gave us hope, man. Reagan, you know, Reagan is 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 uh is the man. So uh just wanted to throw that out, out out to you as we think about you know where we are today politically. But uh, I'd love to well, smoke one. One of, the, one of the great tragedies uh, about South Florida uh, is that two of the greatest old time delis of all time, Wolfie's <laughs> in my age and the Rascal House, which I guess was Ooh. in Sunny, are both uh, no more. So if you're if you're craving, you know, some hot pastrami, or, or you're craving some matzo ball soup, as I often am, uh, a new place is open in Fort Lauderdale called Goldberg's Delicatessen. Uh, it's very very good. They have a little competition down the street. Pomperdale's Delicatessen, also excellent. So uh, maybe you come up this way. We have a little notch. What do you think? Wow, I, lo I loved you. Are you kidding, man? Absolutely. Do you speak Yiddish at all, or what? Uh, I was obviously Jewish in his life. I think that's clear. I know. No, I know but that I clearly. Grew up in, in uh, you know, uh, I know a few phrases like uh, "hock me a chinik." One of my all-time oh, favorite. Words. Do you do you know my grandmother used to always say? I don't know how much how many words I'm allowed to use here on the on the show. I'm not sure how, but "gay cockin up and young." And it means, I'm not sure if I'm, you know, on my, when I was on the grace that I wasn't allowed to say it, but I'll spell it out. Go, S-H-I-T, in the ocean. My grandmother used to tell me that. Get cocking uh, off and young. It's a lesson in Yiddish. You know, uh, uh, as you know, Hakmi of China literally means hit me in right. the head with a piece of China. But it's kind of like, oi, right. what are you saying? Yeah, I get it. My mother, right. No, no, of course. That's, uh, yeah, that's how we, uh, we grew so, up. Uh, a political question. We got about, uh, we yeah. have a few minutes left. Just a few. All right. Uh, given these new polls showing Joe Biden behind, uh, uh, not just one poll or two, but many of them, and given his, shall we say, limitations, uh, how certain are you that Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee? Well, you know, it's funny. I will say I'm careful. Do you remember back in 2016, we sat in that political caucus, Roger? They picked like the top, top, uh, 
political insiders in the country and everybody was predicting what would happen and we all failed at it. <laughs> I'm not saying you did, but in 2016, everybody said Trump, right? We all sat in that caucus, even including me. So I'm, I'm a bit hesitant to say anything, but I'm not sure who's out there to defeat him. Although, I mean, I do think, you know, and again, I'm not one to be disrespectful. He's the president, but I do think that if they want to have a shot at winning this election, you know, unless something changes, they probably need to front another candidate. I mean, there's no, but, but as far as somebody winning, I think that Democratic Democrats won't maybe allow it to happen, you know, because they're trying to remain loyal. I will say this, look, for me, and look, I think I told you, Roger, like, I'm not, look, I don't know what's going to happen, right? I mean, and I, I want to be careful, but look, I was, I'm not a Trump fan per se, personally. I'm not, I don't love the guy. There's a lot of things that bother me, but I will say this. I will probably vote for him if he's the nominee. I don't, there's no way that I am going to take a risk and vote for the Democratic Party again. And again, I don't mean to, to, you know, to, you know, like I said, I have my issues, but that's politics, right? Uh, but, but as far as Joe Biden being the nominee, I don't, look, that party's out of hand. I mean, it's so insane. It's like literally, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but you're correct anymore, but it's a freaking circus. And I think he's the carny, maybe. I don't know. Freaking yeah, insanity. He- I don't think he can be dislodged, but I do think he can take himself out. Uh, if uh, And I think there will be some pressure on him uh, from Barack Obama. Uh, uh, look, Gavin Newsom is not debating Ron DeSantis for his health. He's debating Ron DeSantis to advertise his availability. Uh, and they still have excellent piece. I read about this yesterday in The Messenger. Uh, they have a Kamala Harris problem. If for whatever reason, Joe Biden were not to run, he's incapacitated, his health will not allow it. Uh, the corruption scandals get to be too great. Uh, she's next in line. She's a woman of color. She represents an important constituency within the Democratic Party. Uh, and I, and uh, although she doesn't have dementia, I would argue she makes even less sense sometimes uh, than Joe oh. Biden. But you can't just pass her over. It won't. It, I don't. That cannot work. So I, I, I'm still not convinced that Biden will definitely be the nominee. He may be. He, he may not be. Uh, these recent poll numbers uh, are shocking. Look, I'm. Everybody knows I'm for Donald Trump. No, I don't argue that he's perfect. Uh, not in the slightest. Uh, right. But when it comes to this part of the country, between the Abraham Accords and keeping his commitment to move the capital to Jerusalem. Uh, and I don't think you have had Gaza making, pardon me, I don't think you would have had Hamas making this move in Gaza if Trump had been president. No, I don't think- probably, probably not. And again, Roger, I, we probably don't have that much time to get at these other issues. We could do it another time. Look, when we get to Trump, and I'll just be brief, but but like immigration, for example, I, was, I grew up in South Florida. You've been here a long time. Neither of us are not pro-immigrant. I don't think, I don't want to speak for you. But what bothered me about Trump, and this is where my, my, I'm starting to shift my mind, I didn't like the vilification of immigrants, right? This is like creating everybody as a criminal. But what I realize now is that, forget his words for a moment, we have to protect our borders. And I also think, I remember he made the comment about uh, these, uh, what do you call shithole countries. I hope I'm allowed to say that uh, yeah. on here. All right, okay, I don't know. The FCC doesn't really uh, I think monitor this, thank God. But my, I remember... My- uh, I'll let me say it, but it's okay. Do I finish or no? Okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, we have, we, no, that's... We have well, three more minutes. Go ahead. All right, but I remember he said that, but realize now that 
look, I, 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 I am pro-immigrant, but I'm not pro-lawlessness, right? I'm not pro. And so what I'm saying is his words, while they bother me, I understand now that protecting our borders is not some kind of ethnocentric racist uh, thing. It's not us versus them, right? We're, no, it's that we want to bring immigrants into this country responsibly. We want good people to come in. But what we don't want is people coming from countries that hate us, not from countries that hate us. They're going to come here and they're going to hate us. They're going to spew on anti-Semitism. And, and, and so I, I do I do believe that, you know, that we this immigration problem is a major problem and we do have to confront it. And, you know, we can talk about that. I got so many things to talk to you about, Roger. Like the fence. Right. Uh, I am uh, very happy to have Fred Menachem back in the arena and uh, very pleased to have him today on the Stone Zone. Thank you, Fred. Uh, we will have you back. Let us know when your cyber security program is ready to roll out. In the meantime, I'm Roger Stone. God bless you and Godspeed. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. <laughs>